our communion cups that are there on the uh, welcome table, and hopefully you grab one of those, because at the end of service, we'll be partaking of communion. We're not going to come forward. We're not going to pass out the elements. There's uh, communion cups there on the table, and so if you didn't see those, or if you didn't grab those when you come in, um, just take an opportunity uh, sometime during the message. Not everybody at once. You already did that one time on me, and we ain't doing that again, okay? But sometime throughout the message... Make your way to the back and grab you, uh, you, you, maybe grab you and your family the communion elements in case you didn't grab those when you came in. All right? Yeah, we're talking about remembering, and I remember that. Okay, that's what I remember from you guys, the day you all walked out on me. I never shall forget the day when all my congregation rolled away. All right. <laughs> Maybe you, uh, you're new here and you have no idea what I'm talking about. Good. You're blessed. You're blessed. We're going to keep it like that. So, as a joke one Sunday, everybody, when I got up to preach, everybody, and I mean everybody, but pastor. Pastor was my only friend. Everybody got up and walked to the back and just stood in the, in the foyer. They just exited the facility. Everybody did. But I had one man, I had two men standing with me. I had Jesus and Pastor Orville. And in my books, that's a majority. I'm good. And so, uh, I know who orchestrated that. And I, I don't just laugh, I get even. So, but today we're going to remember. Today we're going to remember. And again, to all of our online family, we want to welcome you this morning as we continue in this series. Um, before I get started, one thing I want to say, uh, I did remember this. Uh, today, my mother-in-law and father-in-law celebrate 46 years of being together. Today is their anniversary. That's right, right? 46? 46. Barry told me earlier it seemed like 86, but 46 would do. So, nah, 46 years of wedded bliss today. And so uh, I want to say happy anniversary to you guys. So, awesome. Now I'm in good with the family. We'll continue. I, uh, I, I don't know about you, uh, but have you ever had the experience where like an old friend from your past, from high school, from college, from whenever, but they decide to go through a box of photos one day and uh, you were in some of those photos and they decided to post those photos on Facebook or Instagram and tag you in them. How many have ever had that blessing just pop up one day, right? And you're like, do not post those pictures. Like, get them down now, right? And, and, and so I don't know if you've ever had that opportunity, if you've ever been tagged in one of them, um, but, you know, pictures sometimes tells us a lot about a, a person. Picture, you know, some people say a picture is worth what? A thousand words or a good shredding. One of the two, right? And so, <laughs> just ask Hillary. Moving on. All right. So, but pictures. <laughs> pictures can tell us some, some things about people. And so I thought, hey, in the spirit of remembering, I... Uh, I, I just came across three pictures I want to show you guys. This, this isn't exactly like the greatest three pictures of my life or anything like that. This isn't the, you know, but, but these are three pictures that just bring up great memories for me. Well, two great memories and one very sad, uh, disturbing memory. And so let's, let's take a look at that first picture. 
if we could. Now, this is our wedding day. And you look there, you see my mom, you see my dad, you see me, you see me with the same wife I have today. <laughs> That's good, right? And so you look at that, and uh, I know what you think. And Jared, you ate that guy. You're twice that guy now. <laughs> Who said, yeah, I heard that. <laughs> Who said that? <laughs> But uh, that's the day we got married at Garber First Assembly of God. Packed the house out with the Cloud family, with the Alexander family, with the Proc family and the Tony family. And uh, just had a great day uh, celebrating. That's a good memory for me. Now you talk to two people sitting up here toward the front. That may not be such a great memory. <laughs> but they don't have the mic. I do. And so that, that, to me that's a great memory. It's a great memory. Now let me be honest. That's not my best memory. And I think this is where a lot of people go wrong is when you look back on your life and the best day of your life was your wedding day and you haven't had any better days since, we've missed the boat. Because me and Jenny will both tell you this is a great day, but we've had even better days since. And if we invest everything into this day but don't invest anything into the marriage, we miss the mark. Come on, somebody. And so many people invest so much into the wedding they forget to invest into the marriage. Oh, I'm preaching good. Thank you so much, online family. I know you're clapping right now. And so this is a great, great memory for me, but it's not, it's not my greatest memory. I've had, I've had greater memories since that day with that woman that I love. And so it's a great, great memory. Go to the next picture. This is four generations right here. See that guy I'm holding? He's now a senior in high school. We're going to recreate this picture one day, you know? <laughs> but there's my mom. There's my grandma. That's four generations right there. It's when my grandmother uh, first moved into the nursing home just shortly before she passed away. That's, of course, uh, just a couple years before my mom passed away. And, uh, and so and, uh, that was several, several years back. So me and J.D. and my mom and Grandma Peoples. That was her name, Mary Ellen Peoples. And so uh, uh, I look at that, and I come across that this week, and I thought, man, that was, that was the last picture I took with Grandma before she passed away, and, and, uh, but that's the last picture we have of all four of us together. And so just, just a great, great memory, thinking about my mom and thinking about my grandma and thinking about J.D. when he was that age. My goodness, time flies, doesn't it? Time flies. And then we go to this last one. Check out this last one. Anybody want to take a stab what this might be? Yes, you're right. Western said, you go, girl. $100 to you right there. This was the day that Western Sizzlin closed in Enid. Okay? And anybody who knows me knows Western Sizzlin was my favorite place to eat. I loved it. Austin Woods, if you're watching right now, you know you loved it too. And so this was just an incredible, an incredible, like, there's so many memories that me and my family have of Western Sizzling because that's a, a lot of times we went with our family, with my in-laws, uh, my brother-in-law and his family, we would gather there. Um, I know my father-in-law and brother-in-law, they would gather there like every Monday and, and have lunch together. Um, never invite the son-in-law, but, you know, them two had a great time. And uh, it was, you know, 
lot of good stuff, I'm sure. And, uh, but then after church, hanging out with our friends uh, from Enid First Assembly, some other people who are on staff and just people in the church, we would go and we would invade Western Sizzlin on Saturday nights or Sunday nights and we come in, they're like, oh my goodness, the Pentecostal crowd's coming, get the baked potatoes ready, right? Because they knew we were coming. And so this was the last night at Western Sizzlin, the last, uh, the last night. Like, I literally ate there twice that day. I ate there lunch and evening. It was just, it was, it was a sad, <laughs> and you can tell it's really affected me. I've wasted away to nothing, right? Their salad bar was incredible, their chopped steak, their chicken fried steak. Come on, someone, I'm preaching now. Just an awesome, awesome place I love. And so this was, this was that night. This was supper that night about 7.30. We're sitting down. We're uh, just taking one last run through Western Sizzling. So you look through that, and that picture just... <sighs> I need an altar call. <laughs> you know what they found out this past week? You know what actually shut down Western Sizzling? Corona. That's what shut it down. Well, that's what CNN reported it, so I know it's got to be true. <laughs> Moving on. Remembering things is fun, isn't it? No, you can get that picture off. Because <laughs> I see that chopped sirloin, and I'm like growling up here. But remembering is fun, isn't it? How many of you, you go back through pictures, and you, when you see a picture, it just, man, it just takes you back, right? It's, it's fun. In fact, remembering is something that's ingrained in us. We want to remember things. We want to remember, like, men, we, like, we need to remember anniversaries, right? It would really help our health in our marriage <laughs> if we remembered anniversaries. Um, we remember birthdays of those around us, of those who we love. We try to remember those things. We like to reminisce about the good times. Some of the best conversations that you have start with these words. Hey, do you remember when? How many know what I'm talking about? How many have ever had that conversation sober? <laughs> you know? And so, you know, some of the best conversations. And sometimes that, those conversations happen in church. You know, you remember back when this happened and this happened and this happened. And you just take a little trip back and fill in the blank. And sometimes it's... It smells. There's smells that take you back, like perfumes or colognes. My dad, my dad wore brute. My dad was a brute man. Any brute men in the house? A couple, all right. My dad was a brute, and any time I walk by a guy who's wearing brute, I just, you know, it just takes me back, and I, I, I think about dad, because dad was a brute man, and uh, you know, I remember that commercial, you're, you're a brute man. Well, my dad was a brute man, and my mom, she wore vanilla fields. Any, any vanilla fields fans in the house? How I many you know, ladies know what I'm talking All right, there's a few. And so mom wore vanilla fields. Anytime I get around a lady that's wearing vanilla fields, it just takes me back. Uh, maybe for you it's the smell of an apple pie bacon. It takes you back to grandma's house. Uh, for me, it's chocolate gravy. Okay? How many of you have ever experienced the heavenly, delicious thing called chocolate gravy? Any, anyone? We're going to get to the Bible in just a second. I promise. I promise. So all you who are watching online, hang on. Jesus is coming. All right? And so, but 
for me, it's chocolate gravy. And, and man, when I smell chocolate gravy or I see chocolate gravy, it just takes me back to Grandma's house before Grandmother died on Saturday mornings uh, when, when we didn't have a pig show. We were always at Grandma's house in Quentin, Oklahoma. And uh, on in those Saturday mornings, she had homemade biscuits, chocolate gravy, and then a pound of butter on each biscuit. How many know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I didn't get this body by Weight Watchers. I'll tell you that right now, right? And so it's just those things bring back great memories. Earlier this year, uh, I went to the Dewey County uh, Livestock Show and, and um, uh, just walking in the barn. I hadn't been to a livestock show in several years since Dad passed away. And, and that was the first one I'd went back to. And just walking in the barn, the, the smell of the shavings and the smell of the animals and the smell of the FFA boys. And yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. The animals didn't smell. Um, but just, just those smells, and even washing, walking into the washroom, or, or you know, the, 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 the wash pens, where they, just the smell of the wash pens just took me back to, to memories with Dad and the memories of showing livestock, and it just conjured up all these memories. And, and so remembering is something that's really important. How, how many just like to spend some time remembering? Remember, and it's not only important to us, it's important to God. And we see this all throughout the Old Testament, when God would move on behalf of his people and he would have them erect a stone pillar or an altar of some sort, and he would tell them, hey, when someone asks you about this place, you tell them what I did here. You tell them what happened here. You tell them how I delivered you here, how I spoke to you here, how I moved in a miraculous way here. You tell other people what I did right here in this place. How many know what I'm talking about? Now, if I were to tell you, if I would say, hey, when you go home today, uh, this is going to be the last opportunity you had to be able to speak to those you love. You'd probably begin to think about, okay, what do I want to say? Who do I want to say it to? Uh, How do I want to say it? Um, if this is truly the last opportunity that I have with them to say something to them. And we accurately see this scenario played out in Luke chapter 22. Jesus is spending some of his last moments with his disciples, and they're celebrating the Passover meal. And then all of a sudden, Jesus like goes off script. Okay, They're sitting there, they're saying, hey, pass the Chick-fil-A, pass the Canes, right? I mean, it's a beautiful spread. Texas Roadhouse buns, bread, you know, rolls, it's there. And Jesus just goes off script for just a second. And Jesus, he just says, he says, hey, hang on a second. And he picks up bread, and he breaks it. And he looks at his friends, and he says, this is my body, which is broken for you. Take and eat all of you, and do this what? In remembrance of me. And likewise, after supper, he took the cup, and he, hold, he holds it up, and he says, this is my blood. This is the new covenant it will be shed for the forgiveness of sin. Take you and drink all of, all of it. And do this what? In remembrance of me. In Jesus' last moments, he chose to give them a symbol, an act of remembrance, because he knew how critical it was for his followers to remember who he was and what he had done. How many know remembering what God has done is an important thing? Yeah. All right, we're going to shout for just a second, and then we're going to take communion. Why does God want us to remember? Why does God want us to remember? Well, there's two things I want to hit real quick. First of all, remembering God's faithfulness in the past allows us to trust him in the present. Okay? Remembering God's faithfulness in the past 
allows us to trust him in the present. We see this in Deuteronomy chapter 7. A little context here. Moses is speaking. And Moses is about to be done with the Israelites. His time on earth is coming to an end and Moses knows it. He's going up on the mountainside and he's not going to get to go over into the promised land. And they've been wandering around the wilderness for 40 years. And they're about to go into the promised land. This is kind of Moses' farewell speech. He knows I'm not going in. My life is coming to an end and this is it. But there's one little problem. You see, there are people in the promised land who are already inhabiting the promised land. That place that God says you're going to go in and you're going to take and you're going to possess... There's people that are there, and the Israelites are still a little concerned that they're not going to be able to stand up and take from God's foe what is rightly theirs. And this is what Moses tells them in Deuteronomy chapter 7. He says, these nations are stronger than we are. How can we drive them out? That's what they ask him. The Israelites say, Moses, these nations, they're, they're stronger than us. They got bigger uh, uh, weaponry than we do. They got bigger men than we do. How can we take them out? And he said, but do not be afraid of them. Remember, remember what the Lord your God did to Pharaoh and all of Egypt. You saw it with your own eyes. The great trials, the signs, the wonders, the mighty hand of God, and his outstretched arm with which the Lord your God brought you out. The Lord your God will do the same to all of these people that you now fear. What is it that you need to remember this morning? What is it that we need to remember in this house? Maybe it's a time when God moved mightily on your behalf. And there was absolutely no way that you saw this, is, there's, this isn't going to work out. This isn't going to happen. This isn't going to work out well. And then all of a sudden, God showed up. You ever have a moment like that? You're just thinking, there's no way. Like, this is, this is where the Jared Cloud story ends, right here. This is how it is. This is how this relationship ends. This is how our finances just fall apart. This is what the doctor said, and so this is how it, And so you just had that moment, but then all of a sudden, God showed up, and God did something. You're like, wow, God, that's awesome. How many know what I'm talking about? Anyone ever have one of those moments? Maybe we need to go back. Maybe some of you, you know, there's times that you feel really, really tight with God. And there's other times that you feel really, really distant from Him. And in those distant times, we begin to doubt God's faithfulness. And we begin to doubt God's goodness. And what we've got to remember is God's faithfulness in our life. I remember God's faithfulness in the past. And it allows me to trust Him in the present. Come on, someone say amen. Number two, I told you this is going to go quick. Remembering God's faithfulness in our past directs us directs our actions in the future. So remembering his faithfulness in the past allows me to trust him in our present, but also remembering him from our past allows me to, it directs my actions in the future. And this is portrayed very well with a very well-known passage that probably each and every one of us in this place knows. It's about a shepherd boy named David and a giant named Goliath. How many know what I'm talking about this morning? Now I'll tell you, David was just a little young shepherd boy. He got to a place where he thought he could take on Goliath. Goliath standing over nine feet tall. Goliath, a trained warrior from his youth. Goliath, whose armor and spear was heavier than, than David weighed and heavier than most people weighed in that day. How could this young little boy with nothing but a slingshot go at him? I mean, what gifts? This is crazy. This is stuff that movies are made of, right? David was like the Chuck Norris of his day, right? And so check it out. We're going to pick up the story in 1 Samuel 17. David's now gone to King Saul. He said, you know what, Saul? Nobody else is wanting to fight this guy. 
but he's taunting the armies of the living God. And you know what? I want a piece of him. Now, this is the Jared Cloud paraphrase version. I want a piece of him. I'm going to take him down. And Saul says, <laughs> hey, I love your enthusiasm there, Scooter. Right? Like, this is awesome. I know you're all fired up about this, young David, but listen, you're just a shepherd boy. Just chill, man. I don't know what you can do to take this guy out. This guy has eight bigger chicken wings than you, man. Right? And David, he replies to king. He says, listen, King Saul. And what does David do? David begins having himself just a remembering party. Okay? Check it out. He says, your servant had been keeping his father's sheep. David's telling Saul this. When a lion and a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it. I struck it, and I rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, struck it, and killed it. Your servant had killed both the lion and the bear. And let me tell you something now, king. This little uncircumcised Philistine, everybody's afraid of, he is going to be put down just like that lion and that bear was. Right? Somebody step aside, give me a stone, because my God, who delivered me from the mouth of the lion and delivered me from the mouth of the bear, is going to deliver this joker's head into my hands. Right? And then the rocky theme, right? I know that was playing in the background. And I love this confidence, this Godfidence. That David has as he begins to fill it. And you, and you see, David remembered. David remembered. He began re- recalling the times that the bear attacked the sheep and the lion attacked the sheep. And now Goliath is attacking the sheep of Israel. And David just says, hey, we got this. And David just begins remembering. What is it that you need to remember today? I know we're in uncharted waters. I know we're in uncharted territories. I know our nation is going through some things, not just with COVID, but with incredible division and incredible opinions. As far as east is from the west, so are our opinions right now. Come on. And so we're going through all this massive uh, shifting and changing and things going on in our nation but what is it that we need to remember today because you know what the same God that got us through our storm and the same God that took us through that moment when we thought there was no way out is the same God that will deliver the enemy into our hands here in this season in this moment amen maybe it's your marriage Maybe when you said for better or worse, you didn't really think the worst would come, but now it's here. Don't look at them right now. You know? Maybe you need to remember, I said for better or for worse. And baby, you're sure making it happen, aren't you? I love you, though. Right? Maybe you need to remember. Maybe you've been praying for a wayward child. Maybe for years and years and years. Maybe you need to remember what God's word says. God's word says that in the book of Proverbs, you train up a child in the way they'll go. When they're old, they'll not depart from it. And maybe you just need to continue to let that promise saturate in your spirit. Let me remind you what God's word says. You continue to pray. You continue to pursue that child because God's word says they will come back. Amen. 
Maybe it's that you feel like you, you know, I don't even know where my life's going right now. It seems like everything's just falling apart quickly, and I just feel despair and doubt, and I don't understand, and I don't know why. I don't know what all this is happening. I don't know what it's about. Let me remind you what God's Word says. In the book of Jeremiah, God says, I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. The enemy has not derailed the plans I had for you. The enemy will not detour the plans I have for you. I know the plans I have for you. It's plans to prosper you and plans not to harm you, plans to keep you safe, plans to give you a hope and a future. And listen, even in the midst of a pandemic, that word doesn't change. God still has great plans in store for us, plans of safety, plans of health, plans of hope, plans of prosperity, plans of future. Man, God still has that written in his book for us today. Amen. Amen. Joshua chapter 4. I'm closing. Someone say that's one time. Joshua chapter 4. Listen. He says, listen, you see these pillars? Let me tell you something. Joshua's talking. He said, when your children ask you about these stones, see all these pillars have been erected, see these altars have been built? When your children ask you about these stones, You tell them what God did. You tell them about the Jordan waters being cut off and us walking through on dry ground. See, it didn't just happen at the Red Sea. It happened again. And Joshua's telling them, you tell them what God did for us again. You tell them of God's faithfulness. Sometimes when you face mountains you've never faced, you've got to look back at mountains you've already conquered. Come on, somebody. When you face mountains you haven't faced, sometimes it's all right to look back at the mountains you've already conquered you've already overcome and you throw yourself what we call in the Pentecostal church a good old fashioned testimony service how many know what I'm talking about yeah I, the church I grew up in we, man, we had testimony service we'll get into that in a second but I remember when I was youth pastoring over at Garber for my father-in-law, and uh, we had a young man in our youth group, and I come up, and, and it was my, I was like the little band before the big band, so, you know, I'd come up, and I'd get the crowd warmed up, right, and some of y'all say, oh, you, you, you lost that gift, brother, <laughs> but I, I, you know, and so I'd come up, and I'd do a little sermonette, and one Sunday, one of our youth group boys was there. And, man, our youth group was really taking off and really doing some exciting things. And I just, I looked over at him. He was sitting over here about where Roy is sitting right now. And I looked over, and I called him by name. And I said, man, stand and tell us what God's been doing in your life this week. And he stood up. And this was testimony service. And he stood up, and he just kind of looked around Finally looked back at me and said, well, to be honest, Pastor Jared, God ain't really done nothing for me this week. (laughs) I was like, sit back down. (laughs) I remember growing up, we'd have someone come lead. Sometimes my dad was, was that guy. Come lead, get behind a pulpit like this, and they'd have testimony service. Someone stand and testify. Right? 
and then nobody would. And so what would this person do? Brother Jones, <laughs> stand up and tell us what the Lord did in your life. Well, the Lord's been good. The Lord's faithful. The Lord's been good. And 45 minutes later, Come on, you know I'm telling the truth, people. <laughs> like someone tell Brother Jones to sit down, right? And 40, because when he stood up, he didn't have nothing. And now he's just going, you know? <laughs> Boy, I had the best Snickers in my life this week. God just blessed that Snickers, right? And sometimes testimony service was good, and the fire of God would fall, and the place would erupt. And we would pull from one another. And we would charge. That word charge, like you hook up a battery to a vehicle, one battery jumping another, that word charge is actually to pull from something else. Yeah. And sometimes when we'd have those testimony services, sometimes we would pull something from someone else, and it would encourage us, and it'd get our faith going. And then all of a sudden, it would just be a shouting time. But there's a lot of times that we was pulled back in the other direction. And there's a lot of times where we will never do that again. Right? You write your testimony out. We'll proofread it and then come to the front. Right? <laughs> there has been times that testimony services had had some interesting things said. We need to pray for Sister Smith. I hear she is cheating on her husband. <laughs> Are you serious? Because I heard that too. I read it on Facebook, right? We need to pray for Deacon so-and-so. Oh, I, I know I saw him out, out back smoking. <laughs> yeah, they were smoking ribs. You know, you know I'm, 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 you, you, you know you can relate to what I'm saying. If you grew up in a Pentecostal church, you can relate to what I'm saying. But sometimes you just got to throw yourself a testimony service. And you got to look in the mirror. And you say, you know what, Jared? That one Saturday evening, you and your mom was, and your dad was driving out of Haleyville going to McAllister, and that car come across the lane. And your dad pulled as far as he could to the very side of the bridge where the front two wheels of your truck was off. And he just sat there, and that car skated by with less than an inch, what it seemed like. You know God was with you. God didn't let you go then. He's not going to let you go now. Jared, in the hardest times of your life, when you thought you couldn't go forward, in the hardest times of your life, when your heart was breaking the most, when you got the two phone calls with your mom and dad, both passing away unexpectedly, Jared, in those moments, you know God was with you, and you know God has brought you through, and you know God's given you peace, and you know God's given you joy, and you know God's given you hope. Jared, in those moments when you and Jenny first got married, and that one night that you sit and you pray, and you said, God, we don't really have anything left in our cupboard to eat. We barely had ramen noodles, and man, that was a good meal. And then all of a sudden, you had Greg and 
and Frank that showed up, Greg and Frank Kalinich, uh, maybe they're watching, but they showed up with a bag of groceries, actually about three or four bags of groceries, and brought them inside your house and unloaded them in your kitchen when you, you and your wife absolutely had nothing. God showed up on the scene, and God took care of you then. And if he took care of you then, he's going to take care of you now. He didn't bring you this far just to let you go. He didn't bring you this far just to let you suffer. He didn't bring you this far just to let you bend and bow and break. He brought you this far because he has a hope, he has a plan, and he has a future for your life. And that's for each and every one of us in here today. You think back about all the times that the enemy tried to take you out. The enemy tried to get you to throw in the towel. The enemy said, quit, give up. This isn't worth it. Living this life with Christ is not worth it. But bless God, God brought you through. And God gave you grace. And God gave you mercy. And God gave you strength to keep going and to keep fighting and to keep pressing. And you saw the victory come. Come on. And so today as we look back, we look back over what God has done. I pray you remember God's faithfulness in the past. Because remembering his faithfulness in the past will allow you to trust him in the present. And also remembering his faithfulness in the past will direct our actions in the future. If you believe that, if you receive that, come on, put your hands together this morning as we receive the word of God. Amen. Go ahead and stand to your feet today. Barry Barber, would you come? As we pray today, Father, I just pray. I pray that you would help us to remember. God, today there's nothing deep. There's nothing just, just reaches out of this message, just grabs a hold. Wow, never heard that before. But God, hopefully just a message of encouragement, a message to challenge us. God's got great things ahead. The enemy has tried before. This isn't the enemy's first jab at us. This isn't his second stab at us. This isn't his third move on us. He's tried and tried before, but he's never taken out the church of Jesus Christ. He's tried with everything he can and everything he has, but he's never taken out the church. There's only one thing that's going to take out the church, and that's the trumpet call of God as we're raptured up out of this place. We hold on to the truth, and we hold on to the fact, and we hold on to the promise that the church of Jesus Christ will stand, that the gates of hell will not prevail against us. And so, Father, we honor you today. And, God, we thank you that we have a lot of things to look back and to remember. We have a lot of things to circle our memory and our mind with. All the good things that you've done. Because you're working all things out for our good. Because we love you and we're called according to your great purpose. As we're here today and as we're praying, those of you who would say, you know what, Jared, as you're talking about this, this is exactly what I need to do today. I need to remember what God's done. I need to remember it. I need to throw myself just a testimony service right where I'm at right now. The enemy is trying with everything he's got. But today I choose not to focus on what he's doing. I choose to focus on what God's already done and what God will do in my life. There's some of you saying, that, that's, that's what, what I need to do. It's easy to get bogged down with all the junk that's being spewed out through our media, all the junk that's being spewed out through, our, through so many in our nation. And let me tell you, everyone who's listening, everyone who's watching, 
This word, this holy word of God, Genesis to Revelation, is just as real and just as relevant on this morning as the breaking news story that's coming across the line right now. It's still true. It's still powerful. It'll still deliver. It'll still save. It'll still take you up from that grave you're in, raise you up and make you whole. His word is powerful. And those of you who are here this morning, those of you who may be watching online, you say, Jared, I just needed this, this remembrance service. I needed this today. I just needed this boost of encouragement, this boost of confidence from God. I'm going to remember everything God's, God has done. And I'm going to move forward because I know he didn't bring me this far just to leave me now. He's got a plan. He's got a future. He's got a hope for me and for my family. And we're not going to let go of that. We're going to hold on to that promise. Come on, if that's you, will you slip your hand up right now? That's you, that yes, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands up all over the building. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're just going to be encouraged today. God's God's so good. God's so good. Let me just pray with you this morning. Father, I pray for all those who had uplifted hand. God, all those who are saying, God, I, I want to remember what you've done. I pray you'd help us remember the things that you've done. I pray that the things that you've walked us through, the trials, the tests, the turmoil that you've walked us through. God, you have walked us through it. And now we're on the other side looking back and we're saying, God, you were so good in that. And God, there might be some right now, they're in the midst of that turmoil. They're in the midst of that test. They're in the midst of that trial. And God, I pray you would remind us of all those things that you've done. All the times you never let us fail. All the times you never let us go. All the times you never let us down. See, the key to this thing is not our grip on you. The key to this thing is your grip on us. And God, you are 100%. You have never missed a mark. You have held tight to your children. You have never let us go. And so, Father, we honor you today. And, God, we just thank you for all the things you've done in the past, even the things we don't understand right now. Because, God, we know you're going to work it out. We know you're going to work it out. And so, God, our faith is holding on to you. In Jesus' name. Maybe you're here this morning and say, you know what? So we talk about those stones and those altars that we resurrect and places where God has done great and mighty things for us to remember. You'd say, you know what, Pastor Jared, I really, I don't really have a stone or altar like that. Well, maybe this is your first stone here this morning. Maybe it's time that you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. That's why you're here. I believe that with all my heart. That's why you're here today. God's put people in your life who has invited you to this place, put people in your life who have been praying for you. And let me just tell you this right now. God brought you here for this reason. He wanted you to hear this word. He wanted you to be reminded of this truth, that God so loved the world that he gave his only son to die in our place upon a cross. Earlier, remember, Jesus said, this is my blood which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Well, that forgiveness extends to you today. God called you here today to remind you of that truth, that you need to know this is a place where you can raise up that first altar and raise up that first stone and say it was on that day in that house that God met me and God saved my soul. God delivered me out of my sinful life. 
and God made me a brand new creation in him. If that's you this morning, maybe you're watching online or maybe you're here in person, but you would say, you know what, Pastor Jared, I need to give my life to Christ today. I haven't done that. Or maybe you once did, but you know right now your heart's not where it needs to be. And you need to rededicate your life. Right now, right where you're at, we just raise your hand. We're not going to call you out. not going to embarrass you. We just want to pray with you. Is there anybody in this house? Anybody anywhere? Amen. Yes, thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I'm going to say a prayer this morning. I know we had one in the house raise his hand. Maybe we have some who are watching online. Maybe you guys did as well. And I want to say a prayer. And I'm going to invite everyone in this place, if you would, to pray this prayer with me. But you who raise your hand, I, I just want you to say this with all your heart. Say this with all your, all your spirit and all your soul. As today, you invite the King of kings and Lord of lords into your life. Actually, as he invites you into his. It's going to be a great day in your life. Just say these words with me. Say, Lord... I come to you today in need of a Savior, and I cannot save myself. So today, I invite you into my life to be my Lord and to be my Savior. Be over everything I have and be over everything I am as I give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Come on, family, will you put your hands together for all those who made that decision to follow Christ today. Man, this morning, we hope that you come in, you got a cup as we partake of communion together. So this time, go ahead and grab that cup. Stay right where you're at. I know we usually come forward. We're not going to do that today. Just stay right where you're at. Everybody hear that sound? <laughs> if you need help getting your top layer off, turn to your neighbor. Top layer will be the bread, the second layer will be the cup. <laughs> Some people are asking, where's somebody with nails? I need someone with nails. <laughs> You know someone's going to walk out here saying, I've never taken such a complex Lord's Supper in my life. <laughs> that was. <laughs> Amen. Well, this morning, as we, <laughs> as we partake, we're going to first remember the body of Christ. And this this wafer represents the body of Christ that was beaten on our behalf. And today as we partake of the body, we're going to think back and we're going to remember what he did. He said, when you do this, you do this in remembrance of me. And we're going to remember what he did 
We're going to remember the price that he paid. But we're going to remember all the things. I, I just want you right now to think back of all the times that he's healed you. Anyone ever been healed in this house? Everyone ever had a touch of God in this house, in your body, in your mind, in your soul? Anyone ever been healed? That's what this took. That beating of those stripes upon his back. He bore this so that we might stand in healing. Anyone need healing right now? If you need healing, if you've ever been healed, raise your hand. If you've ever been healed, raise your hand. If you need healing, I want you to look around all the hands that are raised. Keep those hands up. See what God did for us? He can do for you. He can do for you. You need a healing in your body today. As we partake of this bread, we're going to remember, he still heals on this day. Amen? He still heals. That didn't change 2,000 years ago. He still heals. We believe that at Elm Grove Community Church, and we're believing for your healing today. So, Father, we love you today. We thank you for the price your son paid. We thank you for the healing that was brought to our life through the life of Christ and through everything that he took as he bled and died upon that cross. And today, for all of those, all of us who need healing in our body, God, we know you're a God that heals, and God, we proclaim a God that heals. We extend our faith, and we receive your healing today in Jesus' mighty name. Thank you for healing us from the top of our head to the sole of our feet. We believe we're healed today. We look back, and we throw ourselves a testimony service. God, you did it then. You can do it again. And so, God, we honor you today, and we bless your name. In Jesus' name we pray. You may take the body at this time. Next is the cup. The cup is the blood of Christ. The blood that was shed. The blood that was shed for my forgiveness. How many of you have been forgiven today? Praise God. Praise God that all my sin is not on Facebook. Praise God yours ain't either. Come on, somebody. Praise God that as far as east is from west, he remembers my sin no more. Some of us, that's a lot of sin. (laughs) I mean, you know what I'm talking Okay, holy holy crowd, I get it. But for me, my sin's been washed away. Not just covered. His blood doesn't just cover my sin. His blood washed away my sin. I've been justified just as if it never happened because of what this represents. This saves me from hell. This takes me to heaven this brings me in relationship with God the Father and this guarantees my place in heaven because I've placed my life and my faith and my trust in what this blood represents thank God for Jesus this morning we honor you today Lord we thank you Jesus we thank you for your blood that was shed you didn't have to you sure didn't deserve to but you did you did for us. You did for all of us. And not, not, not for the guarantee that we'd come to you, but just so that you would extend the opportunity that we would come to you and that we would be restored with our Heavenly Father. And so, God, I thank you for the blood. I thank you for the price that was paid. And, God, today I honor you, and I remember you, and I remember everything that you did, everything that you have done, and everything that you are doing as we partake of the blood of Jesus today. You may partake of the cup at this time.
praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, join us in song this morning. It's good to be in God's house this morning. Amen. 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 Hey, we want to, again, thank you for coming and being a part of our worship service this morning. All those who are joining online, thank you for being a part of our online family today. We're going to remember. We're going to remember everything that God's done. This is going to propel us forward. Amen. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your many blessings. God, thank you for the opportunity we have to gather in your house today. God, may we never take this privilege for granted again. And God, we honor you today, and we honor our people today. God, go with them, lead them, guide them, and direct them in all they face and all they do today. 
and we'll give you all the praise and the glory for it. Let us have a great week in your presence as we expand the kingdom in our area. And we ask it all in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said, amen. Hey, thanks for joining us this morning.